tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, fire. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now, your host, the editor in chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello, everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. I think I'm starting to get the hang of this a little bit, uh, doing the broadcast myself without an engineer and without a radio network. So, Excited that this seems to be working. <laughs> Put up, uh, send me some smoke signals if this is not uh, coming out over the air. Uh, just kidding. I do have a producer uh, on the other side here of my house that does uh, listen to the show and make sure we're broadcasting and all that. And uh, typically sends me a text message to uh, uh, let us know. If there are any issues. In any case, great program lined up for you tonight. I am Jim Paris. We are here with you live on Sunday nights, 9 o'clock Eastern. Tonight is going to be a really interesting program because in our second hour, we're going to have someone with us we've never had before. As you know, I'm super interested in true crime. We do a lot of true crime interviews. I don't do a lot of entertainment interviews. However, this book really caught my eye. It's called The Castle on Sunset, and it's all about the famous hotel where John Belushi died. The hotel is called the Chateau Marmont, and there are so many interesting stories. Of course, we're going to talk about the death of John Belushi. That'll be the first thing I'll ask our guest, Sean Levy, about. Uh, But I also want to hear some of the other interesting stories uh, and also the history of this hotel that Hollywood has been, the top names in Hollywood have been staying at for almost 100 years. Very, very interesting book, and uh, that will be tonight in our second segment. Tonight's special sponsor is BitcoinWorkshop.us. BitcoinWorkshop.us. Now, what is that? That is a workshop that I have put together for those people. A lot of people have read my book, The 90-Minute Bitcoin Quick Start. This kind of takes it to the next step. What we did was we set up a Facebook group. It's a private Facebook group. If you join the workshop, you get to be in the group. I have special videos in there. People can ask me questions publicly inside this private Facebook group. I can answer the questions and comment on them. Other people in the group, our other students, they can comment. We can agree. We can disagree. We can exchange ideas. It's really neat. And you can check it out and get all the details from tonight's sponsor, BitcoinWorkshop.us, BitcoinWorkshop.us. And um, I'll ask my producer who's in the other room to send me a text and let me know if the audio is is good going out over TalkStream Live and our other affiliate uh, internet networks as well. We are off next week because of the Memorial Day holiday, so we'll be taking a break from a live show. But as usual, we will have for you a special rebroadcast. What I do is I go in and I look at the download statistics. And if we have, you know, what we'll do is we'll pick the top, say, four or five shows 
that are getting the biggest downloads over the past few months. And then we kind of put those shows uh, in a special category and make them available for replay. So we'll be doing that this next week. I'm not sure yet what shows they will be. Many of these shows tend to be the JFK assassination type shows, but that may have changed because we've had some shows recently that were not themed around the JFK assassination that have done extremely well. Uh, All right. Let's get into the news this week. A lot to talk about in this first segment. We'll be talking about Bitcoin here, a lot about Bitcoin tonight. Also, this wave, this new wave of of abortion laws that are sweeping the country. We'll talk about that. Also, Mitt Romney and uh, some thoughts I have about Mitt Romney and kind of what direction I think he's going in and why he's taking Trump on, it seems like, at every turn every opportunity that he gets and then an interesting article i ran across the 12 cheapest towns i'm sorry the 12 cheapest small towns in america i am really uh, interested in that topic in particular i'll talk about a little bit more in later in this segment but just the idea that there are so many places now in the u.s still where people can buy a house for under a hundred thousand dollars And they can kind of live almost like if you could go back 20 or 30 years, the cost of living uh, in these smaller towns. And it's just interesting to me because you hear the stories of people that are so frustrated and upset in like California and where real estate has gone there, which has gone crazy, even in areas like in the Midwest, like Chicago, of course, up in the Northeast. I mean, many people, it's just normal everyday course of business that you have to have a half million dollars to buy just a basic house. In some areas like Northern California, you need a million dollars. So we're going to talk about that a little bit, a little bit later in this first segment. Some of these cheap towns, I've got a list here tonight of the 12 cheapest small towns in America. Many of them still have homes uh, available below a hundred thousand dollars for the average home. All right. There's so many bombshells that are coming And we're expecting probably in the next week to two weeks, some major news to come out about the investigation into the origin of the Russia probe. We've got the um, inspector general report, which is supposed to be coming out any day now. We also now know that the Justice Department has been investigating for several weeks uh, the origins of the Russia probe. And so who knows when that uh, conclusion might be reached. But I have to think with the election coming up, I mean, once we get to where it's like a year out from the election, I think all of this has got to be resolved one way or the other. Uh, But you can already see the rats beginning to turn on each other. It's like a circular firing squad. Uh, Everyone's blaming everyone else. Uh, And so I'm really closely watching uh, Comey, uh, in particular, uh, Clapper uh, as well, Um, some of these top Obama uh, officials, and who knows what's going to happen. I mean, who knows if this went all the way up to the top to Barack Obama himself, and if anybody's going to to save their own skin, uh, go ahead and testify to that. But this is getting to be very very interesting. And I'm expecting, you know, probably, I'm just guessing, you know, at least the inspector general report is going to be coming out probably in days, uh, maybe even tomorrow. And that's going to be big because we have already heard leaks that it's been leaked that they're going to find that all of the FISA 
warrant applications, all of them were fraudulent. And that's big news because if you submit a fraudulent FISA warrant to the court, that is a felony and that is a serious felony. So it's going to be really interesting to see what the uh, what the um, inspector general finds. And then as a result of what he finds, what charges may follow and then what happens with the separate justice department investigation so all of that is that's going to be happening soon so hold on to your hat it's been kind of a quiet news cycle here in the last few days but i'm looking forward to some big bombshells coming okay bitcoin mr bitcoin's wild ride if we could call it that this is just it's incredible what's going on with Bitcoin. Of course, we talked last week about Bitcoin. I think it got up to around last week's show was maybe like it was well over $8,000, I believe, when we went live on last week's show. So it got up to like 8600 this week, and then it dropped way back down. It was all the way back down to like 7000 And so a lot of people came out and said, well, this is it. Bitcoin is, you know, it, it, it had a nice run, but it's collapsed. It's going to just go down to probably three or four thousand dollars again and be dead. It only took four or five days to kind of absorb all the oxygen in the room and for Bitcoin to run all the way back up again. Today, it was as high as eighty three forty four. Uh, presently, the present price of Bitcoin right now live is seventy nine twelve seven thousand nine hundred and twelve. However, it was as high today as eight thousand three hundred and forty four. So Bitcoin is is really taking off now. A lot of people are emailing me. You know, Jim, you wrote the ninety minute Bitcoin quick start. What do you think? Why is this happening? Let me tell you a couple of things. Bitcoin is, it sort of lives and dies within the popular culture. And that's kind of a good thing and a bad thing because it sort of rides the wave of popularity much like a fad does. And there's a tool that I use, I talk about this in my book, called Google Trends. It's a free tool. Most people have never used it. You can go to Google, type in Google Trends, you'll find this. You can go to Google Trends and put in any word or phrase, and what it will do is it will tell you um, how popular that phrase is. It gives you a graph. You can even go back several years and look at the graph. So I put in Bitcoin, and man, oh man, has what it does is it measures the amount of searches for that word, and it has just recently just boom, just spiked. And I can also tell you anecdotally, I have not heard from very many people about Bitcoin in like a year. And I have this online course, BitcoinWorkshop.us. I probably haven't had a new person join it in, in several months just because I haven't been promoting it. But also kind of the topic of Bitcoin has been dead. I mean, it's like, who wants to talk about Bitcoin? It was 20,000, then it gone down to like 3,500. And everybody was just kind of, you know, had moved on to other things. 
I cannot tell you how many people just in this last week have now been contacting me about Bitcoin. Had somebody today join the Bitcoin workshop, um, people emailing me, friends asking me about Bitcoin. It is picking up again. I know that's all anecdotal type evidence, but I can tell you that the buzz, if you will, the buzz around Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is definitely back. People are looking at it again and they're interested. And I posted this on my my Facebook page earlier this week and got a really, really great positive reaction to it. I posted the greatest transfer of wealth in the history of the world is taking place right now. Why don't you consider owning just a small amount of Bitcoin? I posted that. I got all kinds of comments, all kinds of people asking me questions. How do I get started with Bitcoin? And of course, in my book, The 90-Minute Bitcoin Quick Start, there's, that's what it's all about. It's how can you, in like 90 minutes, literally, sit down and understand Bitcoin enough that you don't get scammed and understand the steps to actually buy a little bit of Bitcoin. I even have a whole chapter in there on how to get Bitcoin for free. But I love to tell the story, and I'll mention it again tonight, that if you had gotten back uh, involved with Bitcoin back in the very early days, uh, let's say you put $1,000 in Bitcoin back in 2009, today you would have over $200 million dollars. And that's not a typo, and that's not fake news. $1,000, just think about that. Where were you in 2009? How many of us could have done that, could have put $1,000 in in 2009, and today you would have over $200 million? The book gets into some of the smaller cryptocurrencies as well, because it's not just Bitcoin. There are others that are still really very low price that you can get in on now and maybe have you know a great opportunity like that. But there are so many people believing that Bitcoin is going to go to six figures, maybe even seven figures for one single Bitcoin. So if you think about that today, Bitcoin is at, uh, okay, $8,000, let's call it that. And you could put in 100 bucks. A lot of people think, well, I don't have 8,000. I can't buy even one Bitcoin. Well, you could put in 100 bucks and then you'd own just a little slice of Bitcoin. But I don't have a calculator in front of me. But just, you know, think if, if Bitcoin went from 8,000 up to a million, so that would be 12-fold to get to 100,000. That would be 120-fold uh, if it got to a million. And if you put $100 in, uh, I mean, you could have that worth thousands and thousands of dollars, just 100 bucks. And uh, I know for a lot of you, I mean, if you're like most Americans, I read, what was it earlier today, like half of Americans have zip, zero, nothing for retirement. And so the Christian community got really excited. I actually have one of these sitting on my desk just for fun. The um, Iraqi dinar, that currency, the Christian community got all hyped up about that several years ago, that that was going to be the way to become a multimillionaire was to put a little bit of money in the Iraqi dinar, that somehow it was going to be revalued. I didn't even understand the whole the whole sales pitch on it, but somehow if you bought a little bit of this, a few hundred dollars, it could be worth millions of dollars. I, I, I never thought that was legit, but now we're looking at Bitcoin. We're looking at big companies like Fidelity is now making available Bitcoin. E-Trade 
is making available Bitcoin here shortly. Um, all the big, you know, worldwide markets, commodities exchanges, futures exchanges, everybody's either got something in place or they're about to get something in place. And the big news that could break this week is the possibility that the Van Eck Bitcoin exchange traded fund could be approved. I don't want to get into a lot of uh, you know, inside baseball. But what happened was a lot of these Bitcoin funds have been put out there, put to, uh, applied to the SEC. They were delayed, 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 and then they were denied. Well, a recent batch of them just all got delayed except one, which is the VanEck, which is a really big mutual fund company known for their gold fund in particular. They have a lot of other funds as well, but in particular known for their gold fund. The VanEck group has uh, a pending application for a Bitcoin ETF, and it was not delayed or denied. It, and it is just sitting there. And there's a lot of speculation over the last two to three days that maybe, just maybe, this is going to get approved. And it could be the very first Bitcoin fund. Um, which would just open up the floodgates. And of course, once you get the first one, then the theory is others would quickly follow. And what does that do? That puts more people into the market to buy Bitcoin. It creates more of a demand for Bitcoin. And, and I've seen a lot of these numbers that people are using. Even if you took like a number like 1% and you said that a typical mutual fund would own 1% in Bitcoin, you know, just 1% of their fund, what that would push the price to. And I've seen all kinds of projections, um, but it, it is truly remarkable what is happening. And so you're either on one side of this or the other. You're either on one side of it like me, where you say, look, the internet has now changed everything, right? It's changed. We don't get cabs anymore. We get Uber, right? Uh, we don't use the phone book anymore. We use the internet to find businesses. I mean, the internet's changed everything. So you're either on the one side of the fence like I am, that the internet is going to change money and that we're going into cryptocurrency. And of course, Facebook is, uh, well, it's well reported that Facebook is, is right now planning to put together a cryptocurrency uh, product. Uh, it came out, what, two hours ago? What's app? WhatsApp is now uh, now making available. Bitcoin can be sent and received over the WhatsApp application and on and on and on. So you're either on the one side where I am, which is, look, this is happening. This is this is happening. This is not some speculative idea. This is actually happening. Or you're on the other side where you're just like, no, not going to happen. This is all a fad. It's all going to go away. We're going to be laughing about this in five years, just like we laugh today about pet rocks and Furbies and bell-bottom jeans. So maybe you're on that side of the fence. But here's my thought. Regardless of which side of the fence you're on, I mean, even if you're the skeptic, I don't believe it's going to happen. Can you afford not to have 100 bucks in Bitcoin? I mean, just think about it. Can you afford not to do it? And I know for some people this is hard because they've been such, they've been so anti-Bitcoin that they can't admit that maybe they might be wrong and they should cover their bases and maybe own a little bit of Bitcoin. But just think about the other side of this. What if in 10 years, you're listening tonight, and in 10 years, <laughs> you think back and remember this radio show 
And you say, I remember it was the week before Memorial Day, 2019. I was listening to this nutty guy, Jim Paris of ChristianMoney.com, talking about Bitcoin. And he was talking about how you can get started with as little as 10 bucks and how everybody should just have a little bit just in case, because who knows what's going to happen. I remember him saying that. And now here I am kicking myself. Because had I put in a few hundred bucks or even 10 bucks, I'd be sitting on all this money right now. So that could be you. (laughs) So think about which situation you want to be in. I mean, I think about it like this. If you go through a drive-thru anymore, you're going to be out at least seven, eight bucks, right? So let's round it up to $10. Don't you think you should just at least get 10 bucks a Bitcoin? I mean, just to have a little bit. And I know for some people, it is a pride thing. They're in the anti-Bitcoin camp. It was interesting because over Easter, I went to Easter dinner and met some young people. And um, one of them was just anti-Bitcoin. If I, in the minute I said Bitcoin, he just would jump in with the most negative comments. It's a fad. It's going to zero. And I said, really, you seem really confident, you know, based on what? I just know. I just know it's going to go to zero. And it's just interesting to talk to these people because when you ask them about, well, what about Fidelity and what they're doing? And what about Facebook and what they're doing? What about all the you know, Wall Street firms that are applying for a Bitcoin ETF and the futures exchanges, the commodities exchanges, all the worldwide markets? What about all that? And I just know it's going to zero. <laughs> Don't bother me with any information or details. I just know that it's going to zero. So I call these people Bitcoin deniers, Bitcoin deniers. And so I have kind of a little funny thing. I want to read it to you. This is in, this is the conclusion to my book. So this is when you finish reading my book, the 90 minute Bitcoin quick start, you get to the very last page. This is what it says. So I want to read this to you because I, I really relish this. This was probably the best part of the book for me or the funnest part to write. So here's my conclusion to the 90-minute Bitcoin quick start. I sincerely wish you the greatest of success on your cryptocurrency journey. In closing, I want to again encourage you to start small. As mentioned repeatedly in this book, you can make your first purchase with less than $100. When moving in this new direction, take baby steps. Even to this day, when I transfer a large amount of crypto, I do so piecemeal. Also, when in doubt, reach out for help. There are so many great resources and forums online. There is no shortage of fellow travelers in the crypto community who are happy to help you. As an early adopter, be prepared to be the butt of a few jokes among your circle. But never forget that he who laughs last laughs best. Lastly, here's the important part. Lastly, don't hold grudges against Bitcoin deniers. Down the road, you should forgive your ignorant friends and family and allow them to visit you on your private island because it's the right thing to do. I I love that conclusion. Of course, sarcasm intended there. Um, But, you know, it drives me crazy because I sit probably two hours a day reading the news, uh, reading all kinds of different blogs I follow and news sites I follow. And a lot of that is cryptocurrency related and Bitcoin related. And it's like driving down a street and seeing a house being built. There's the foundation up there. They're putting the frame up. There's the first floor. They're putting the roof on now. And for someone to come up next to you and say, there's no house there. There's not going to be a house built there. And every day there's more and more and more and more to see. 
but yet they just stand there with their arms locked in front of them. Nope, there's not going to be a house there. And I simply point to all of the stuff happening and how in the world can anybody possibly deny it? So in any case, my book is less than 10 bucks. I didn't want the show tonight to be all about my book, but simply this, so many people are contacting me this week now, all of a sudden, out of the blue, Bitcoin, Jim, what about that Bitcoin? How do I get in Bitcoin? Look, I put the book together for people that wanted me to do it. It's got everything in there. How to get started, how not to get scammed, how to even get Bitcoin for free. How cool is that? If you can get it for free, would that be okay? <laughs> Maybe this, this one young guy I met at the Easter dinner I went to probably would say, no, I don't want it even if it's free. Uh, but in any case, um, I digress. The book is the 90-minute Bitcoin quick start. You can grab it on Amazon. So Mitt Romney, uh, there, there is this sort of unknown Republican congressman. I'm not even going to mention his name on the air because he's, he's, he's unknown. But uh, he came out and, and is now calling for Trump's impeachment. Now, the backstory on this guy is he's believed to be really more of a libertarian than he is a Republican. However, because he has the R in front of his name, all of the news channels ran with this story that he is the quote-unquote first Republican to call for impeachment. So Romney comes out and uh, says that the comment made by this congressman was courageous. He then goes on to say that he doesn't support impeachment himself, but says that this congressman's comment was courageous. So that's, of course, being carried. And you just have to wonder, you know, Mitt Romney does not seem to ever miss an opportunity to go after Donald Trump. And I, I have this weird idea that maybe Mitt Romney is going to try and go up against Donald Trump in the primary. I mean, it would be highly unusual. It's not unprecedented that a sitting president would have people compete with him uh, in, in a primary. It, it could happen. It's not unprecedented. It's highly unlikely. But I don't know, Mitt Romney sort of lives in this bubble. I don't know if he remembers that he ran for president and he lost. I, I don't understand Mitt Romney and why he seems to, he's clearly part of the establishment, clearly part of the deep state. Uh, and you, but you just have to wonder, what, are, what is his strategy? I mean, if, if he's not a Democrat, he's a Republican, what is this idea of him going after Trump every opportunity he gets, including that big speech he did against Trump, if you remember that, back in the day when um, the primary was going on, he, he did that big you know, presidential type speech. I think Mitt Romney's a good man, a moral man, but his time has come and gone, and he had his shot to win the presidency. He didn't win, and okay, he's a senator now. You've got to follow this guy around, because you know, the term carpetbagger might apply here. He was governor of Massachusetts, but then he ended up living out in California the last several years. But now he's a senator from Utah. And I know people do this, you know, famous people, what it, uh, Hillary did it, right? So she was actually, her home state was Arkansas, but somehow she became the senator from New York. There's nothing illegal about it. It's just you know, kind of opportunistic, if you think about it, you know, in terms of, you know, individuals kind of moving around. <laughs> and, and I know Mitt Romney, I guess, is originally, I believe he's originally from Utah or has some family connection there. So it's not 
completely out of bounds that he would run uh, for Senate there. And of course, he is the senator now. Uh, but you just got to wonder, what is he thinking about? You know, what in the world is he thinking about to uh, be going after Trump like this? And maybe, who knows, crazy idea, maybe he's going to uh, somehow mount a, a, uh, a primary challenge to Trump. And he may not be the only one. Uh, there could be others. All right, quickly, before we get our guest lined up here and uh, get into our guest segment here in about three minutes, I want to give you this interesting list of our, this is the cheapest, the 12 cheapest small towns in America. And this is from Kiplinger.com. And when I look at some of these numbers, it's just it's just really interesting to me. So Danville, Virginia, um, the median home value ninety thousand dollars in Danville, Virginia. And then we have Pittsburgh, Kansas. I'm not sure where that is, but median median home value eighty four thousand, Pittsburgh, Kansas. Ashland, Ohio, median home value ninety seven thousand. Tupelo, Mississippi, median home value 138, so that's a little bit higher. Benton Harbor, Michigan, which I have visited. Get this, median home value $56,000, Benton Harbor, Michigan. Michigan's been hit hard. Statesboro, Georgia, median home value 117,000. Salina, Kansas, median home value 119. And then we go to Martin. Let's see here. This is Martinsville, Virginia. Median home value, 90000 Burlington, Iowa. Same thing. Median home value, 90000 Prior Creek, o- Oklahoma. I've been there, believe it or not. Uh, Prior Creek, o- Oklahoma. Median home value, 99000 Muskogee, Oklahoma. Median home value, 88000 And Richmond, Indiana. Median home value, 85000 why, why do I mention this? A couple of things. If you're retired and you're mobile, think about you know doing this kind of research and maybe finding for yourself a super cheap town to move to. Uh, the other option is if you're a younger person, you're not retired yet, try to get a job where you can have location freedom, whether it's your own business or some kind of uh, you know independent uh, job that you do online, uh, where you can choose to live in one of these small towns. Benton Harbor, Michigan. <laughs> what did I say it was? It was like $56,000. Yeah, it gets cold there in the winter, but in the summer, it's a beautiful place. I, I remember when I was a musician, I was on the road, and I did a gig in Benton Harbor, and we were actually right on the harbor, and it was at a beautiful country club, and uh, uh, I played a gig there, and uh, we were actually, uh, we played a gig, uh, a show, and then following us was a Glenn Miller band. How cool is that? And that was right on the water, some big private affair. I think it might have been, I don't think it was a wedding. It might have been an anniversary party, but uh, Black Tie, the whole nine yards in Benton Harbor, Michigan. All right, we're going to take a really short break here, as we do, between our first and our second segment. When we come back from this break, we'll have our special guest, Sean Levy. The book is The Castle on Sunset. This is going to be fascinating. You don't want to miss it. We'll be back. <laughs> 